Welcome back for our last day, day five in our second week of our look through the book of Nehemiah. We're learning what rebuilders do, that rebuilders have a vision that grows out of their problems and the way they react to those problems. Reaction, that's the first step. That rebuilders know how to get things started. Initiation, that's the next step. They know how to get things started when everyone else is just standing around. We've learned the last few days that rebuilders are those who take the time to say thank you. Appreciation is a part of having the energy to re-energize your life. And today we're going to begin to look at the truth that rebuilders have learned to handle opposition because you are going to face opposition in this life from people, physical opposition, from Satan, spiritual opposition, even from yourself, psychological opposition. You're going to face it in your life. Nehemiah chapter 4 through 6, you see the opposition that he faced as he rebuilt the wall and got close to the end of the rebuilding. A prime quality of those who build up rather than give up is this ability to face opposition because all rebuilders face opposition. We're all going to face it. Whenever you want to build, whatever you want to build, there are people who want to tear it down. Now, why? Why? Well, because it's easier. It's easier to be a critic than to build something up. It's easier to tear something down than to build something up. I remember this story I'm telling you about rebuilding our home many, many years ago. It was a lot easier when we had to go in and tear the sheetrock that was damaged off the wall. It was a lot easier to tear it off than to put it back on. In fact, it was so easy to tear it off, people actually had fun doing it. Give them a sledgehammer, go in a room, tear all that sheetrock off. They had so much fun that when we walked in, I mean, it was our house, it had been destroyed, they're whooping it up, they're having a great time. All of a sudden, they had to look real sad again because it was our house, and then when we left, they were having a great time again. And I understood that. It's fun to tear things down sometimes. It's fun for a moment, but you don't build anything. So that's why people tear down. The truth also is that action always attracts critics. When something good is happening, it attracts critics. Harry Ironside, the old preacher, used to say, where there is light, there are bugs. And there is. It's going to always draw the bugs, the people that bug you. Nehemiah, as you look through the book of Nehemiah, he provides us with some of the best advice you will find anywhere regarding how to handle opposition in our lives. Business books have been written on what Nehemiah teaches us here. Relationship books have been written on what Nehemiah teaches us here about how to handle opposition. He's going to look together with us at four major weapons of opponents and at four ways to diffuse those weapons. We're going to start that look this week and end into the middle of next week. We're going to first look at each weapon, and then we're going to look at what Nehemiah teaches us about how to defeat that weapon. The first weapon of those who want to tear you down, the first weapon of opposition is ridicule. In chapter 4, verses 1 to 4, let me just read through verse 3, actually. When Sanballat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, he became angry and was greatly incensed. He ridiculed the Jews. And in the presence of his associates and the army of Samaria, he said, what are these feeble Jews doing? Will they restore their wall? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they finish in a day? Can they bring the stones back to life from those heaps of rubble burned as they are? Tobiah, the Ammonite, who was at his side, said, what are they building? If even a fox climbed on it, he'd break down their wall of stones. So here's Sanballat and Tobiah, these two critics. By the way, they were people who were in the land. They were leaders in the land. If Nehemiah allowed the wall to be rebuilt, they'd lose their position. They'd lose power. So they come with ridicule. They're opponents. They made fun of Nehemiah. Jokes and laughter are primary in the arsenal of opponents when you want to rebuild. They're amidst the favorite and they're amidst the most effective 
of weapons. That's why they often form the first wave of attack. You say, I want to rebuild my career. People make fun of you. They laugh at you. I want to rebuild this marriage. Your friends just laugh like that's never going to happen. Now, as someone who loves to laugh, let me tell you the difference between laughter and ridicule. Genuine laughter can pull you up, but ridicule puts you down. Laughter helps you relax, but ridicule makes you want to quit. Laughter is a healer, but ridicule is a weapon. Laughter is with you. Ridicule is against you. Oh, they're still laughing, ha, 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 but it is against you. Every ha is like a weapon, a strike against your soul. And what causes this? What causes the ridicule, the opposition in the first place? It's perspective. It's the way the person is looking at it. Notice that Sanballat and Tobiah too called it their wall. Not God's wall, not God's project, their project. They were looking at this from a merely human perspective. They saw the wall as simply Nehemiah's bad idea that was going to negatively affect their lives. And as always happens, human perspective will ridicule giant steps of faith. Absolutely ridicule. How could that ever happen? It couldn't happen from a human perspective. So because I don't have faith, I don't know how to have faith in that circumstance, I'm just going to ridicule you because it makes me feel better about myself. Now, all of this, this ridicule that happened, this opposition, it teaches us something about rebuilders and leaders of all kinds. Rebuilders have to have thick skin because you're going to face attack. That attack might be from an individual. It can also come from within. Satan, you might remember, is called the accuser in the Bible. He loves to ridicule your faith. So he'll send this thought when you want to have a a new kind of faith, begin to rebuild your faith, begin to have a ministry again. He'll send this thought into your mind. Who do you think you are? How do you think you could do that? You've never done anything like that. You've never been able to have that kind of faith. Ridicule, accusation. So how do you diffuse this weapon of ridicule? Here's what Nehemiah teaches us. You redirect your thoughts. You don't focus on the ridicule. If you focus on the ridicule, you're going to be drawn into it, like into a deep well. No, you redirect your thoughts. And Nehemiah teaches us here that prayer is the key to redirecting your thoughts. You get your thoughts off of the enemy, and you get your thoughts back on God, and prayer is the key to doing that. So in Nehemiah 4, 4 to 6, after the ridicule, here's Nehemiah's prayer. Hear us, O God. Hear us, O our God, for we are despised. Turn their insults back on their own heads. Give them over as plunder in the land of captivity. Do not cover up their guilt or blot out their sins from your sight, for they have thrown insults in the face of the builders. So we rebuilt the wall till all of it reached half its height, and the people worked with all of their heart. Nehemiah in his prayer says, let's look at this God's way. So never discount the therapeutic process of time on your knees, of time talking to God. Chuck Swindoll says, do you fight on your feet or do you fight on your knees? If you fight on your feet, you try to fight the person, you're going to lose every time because you're going to be swallowed up by the ridicule. If you fight on your knees, if you redirect your thoughts to God, then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you have strength to begin to rebuild again. Prayer will redirect your thoughts. Now, in this prayer, Nehemiah is redirecting his thoughts in two very important ways. And the same thing will happen to you when you pray. When you're facing a ridicule, an opposition, prayer redirects your thoughts to remind yourself that, number one, God's will includes opposition. You start to try to do something good, start to try to rebuild, and all of a sudden you get opposition, and your first thought is, why me, God? I'm just trying to do the right thing. How could you have me face this? But in prayer, you realize, 
I'm not the only one. Everyone who's ever tried to live a life of faith has faced opposition. In fact, you've told us in your word that all who are faithful in Christ Jesus will inevitably face opposition. So who am I to think I'm not going to face it? Jesus faced it. Prayer reminds you of that, that God's will includes opposition. God's will must not stop because a few people are critical of the plan. It doesn't stop because a few are critical of the plan. God's will will go on no matter what. So you redirect your thoughts from why me, Lord, to let's go, Lord, by prayer, by recognizing you're not alone in this. Prayer also helps you to realize and recognize the destructiveness of retaliation. You notice what Nehemiah did? Instead of retaliating against the people, he talked to God about the people. Instead of retaliating against the person that you're bitter against, talk to God about them. Say everything you want to God and then let it go. Let it go in God's presence. The human response to criticism is always retaliation. You said this about me, I'm gonna say this about you. Let God fight those battles. Satan would love nothing more than to distract you from the rebuilding that you need to do by getting you caught up in a battle that is not a part of the victory. And retaliation is a battle that's not a part of the victory. Retaliation is a battle that lends a defeat every single time. So you're trying to rebuild your marriage and you tell some people at your office, I'm trying to rebuild my marriage. I'm trying to, 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 to get connected with my wife again. And one of the guys in your office says, why would you keep loving somebody like her? You can find somebody better than that. And you're angry. And that anger, you start to focus on them and proving them wrong rather than on your marriage and making it right. Now take that anger, express it to God, let it go. Retaliation will always lead to defeat. Letting it go in God's presence and forgiveness, that's what leads to victory. So Nehemiah teaches us we're gonna face some opposition. One of them is ridicule. When you face ridicule, you redirect your thoughts. Now, let's do that right now in prayer. And just in prayer, say to God, God, I want my thoughts to be on you. So this person that I'm angry about, this situation that is not what I want it to be, instead of getting caught up and running that conversation again and again through my mind or that anger again and again through my mind, I bring it to you right now. And I tell you, I lay it before you, what this person did or what that circumstance did to me. And Lord, you know about it. You can handle it. You can cause retribution in their life much greater than I ever could. And so I give it to you. I trust it to you because you know their heart like I'm never going to know it. You know eternity like I'm never going to know it. So I trust this into your hands. And I ask you, God, to help me to get back to what you want to do in my life, to the building, the rebuilding you want to do in my life. I don't want to get caught up in proving somebody else wrong. I want to get caught up in living the life that you have for me. That's what I want. That's what I pray for. In Jesus' name, amen. We will see you back next week as we continue to look together at Nehemiah's wisdom for facing opposition. Yeah.